Welcome to The Better Way, a podcast by BuilderTrend. We are here to help you simplify and establish processes that will make meaningful changes to your company and help you achieve your goals. There's a better way to run your construction business, The BuilderTrend Way. Tune in this season as our consultants Reese Barnes and Zach Ratovich will help you master your financials. In our very first episode, we're discussing the fundamentals of cost codes. Learn all the concepts and characteristics of cost codes and how they can help to keep your financial system organized. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Builder Trends' newest series covering financials. My name is Reese Barnes. I am an additional training consultant. What that means to you is I sell our consulting services. Basically, my role is to hear what our clients are struggling with, what they're needing help with, and help them determine if they need to do more unlimited customer support or if it does make sense for them to outsource our consultants to help them implement Builder Trend, train their team, and create systems. I'm here with my co host, Zach Kotovich. Zach? Hey, Reese. How are we doing today? You have quite the radio voice. Hey, thanks. Face for radio, as the hey. kids say. So, yeah. Anyway, so Reese, Reese is a good friend of mine, and we've had a lot of conversations recently about ways that we can help people use Builder Trend to the fullest capacity. And we thought, wouldn't it be a great opportunity for us to talk about financials to the masses? You know, a lot of people may have thought about these things or they're, they're curious about dipping their toes in the water. And as my experience as an onsite consultant, I've traveled around the country and I've had these conversations with dozens and dozens of builders. So we have a lot of experiences we can draw back on, things that have worked, things that don't work, and, and really get into the heart of what makes a Builder Trend user get the most out of the system? The other reason why we're doing a whole series just on financials is a couple of reasons. A, in Builder Trend, it's a very strategic and system reliant portion of the program. Um, the second, in my opinion, most important, we're dealing with our clients' financials, the most important part of their business. Um, so we want to make sure that we provide content so you can fully understand from soup to nuts. What are cost codes? Why are we using them? How to utilize cost codes? How do we do a builder trend QuickBooks or zero integration? How do we receive payments? How do we handle job costing and reporting? Which is ultimately going to be the six different segments that we have here um, on the financial series. Um, but first, what are we talking about today? Um, ultimately, we want, again, to dive into the fundamentals of cost codes. Um, we want you to have the concepts and characteristics of organizing your financial system using cost codes. Uh, we want to make sure that you understand the best practices and strategies for utilizing them, um, as well as how do we provide an easy to adopt outline so that you can start to tackle this, uh, this topic and ultimately make sure it's done right. Yeah, and it's going to be a lot of information. There's, there's no way around it as far as discussing these things. So we really wanted to try and figure out what are the easiest ways to get started and, and what should you really be thinking about when it comes to how we structure this information and make it usable for everybody. So we're going to talk about the basics and, and kind of dive deep into what operational changes can you make, what should you make, and, and really understand what is a cost code when it comes down to it. And when you say operations, I thought cost codes were more accounting. I could be right. wrong. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a very common battle that you kind of have to, to start where who owns the entirety of this cost code discussion? Who is An really... Accountant. Re <laughs> hey, whoa there. All right. hey, hey, get, a hey, little, whoa. get a little aggressive. Easy. Yeah. It, can it be the accountant? Absolutely. It, 
there's no doubt they're going to have an input or should have an input on what those cost codes should look like, right? They're the ones who are ultimately paying the bills and making sure things are kind of moving along at the back end of the project and that you're receiving money, so on and so forth. But it's not just them. It can be a lot of different parties and a lot of different groups and focusing in on that. So, cool. well, the, it, it gets a little complicated, right? Like, okay, where do you derive your information from when you're setting up a project? How do you actually go about and tell a customer, hey, what do I actually want to charge you? What do I charge you for when I'm going in, in through the sales process? And how do I make sure that I'm hitting my targets and my numbers? So there's no denying that your production team, your estimator, your sales guy, depending on who is actually the person who gets the proposal in place, they should be thought about as well about how those things should be put in place in the program. Would it be safe to say that like an estimator or production team maybe is using cost codes more than the accountant? Actually, the reason I say that is because I'm thinking from an estimator standpoint, let's say we're working with a little bit bigger company. All they do all day long is put estimates together. They're digging through cost codes. They're setting everything up with line items, making sure that it's getting released to the client or the prospect, whatever portion of the phase you're in. What, how does that really makes sense to an estimator or to a production or to the accountant and who is really going to be involved. That's the thing. I mean, when people are developing these codes, a lot of times they are doing what they've done because it's worked. So they might have a company that's 30 years old and they have an Excel sheet that they've been using and it's just part of their culture. This is entrenched in what they do. So with an estimator who kind of dictates what's happening, ultimately that's okay. As long as they've had a conversation with the accountant to say, here's how I want to track the backend reporting that goes along with that information. So what, what does that person need to make sure the company is profitable and solvent and able to really be longstanding healthy versus what does the estimator need in order to make sure that customers can understand what they're paying for, outlining their budget and making sure that they are staying on budget using cost codes. It all starts from beginning to end. So that structure is really the backbone of how everything is going to move from A to Z in builder trend and really inside your language as a company, right? When you are discussing these items with each other, you're going to have to understand that you're discussing the same thing in order to be as efficient as possible. So when you, so you mentioned items and were you referencing cost codes or are there, yes. how, so right. what, okay. So we're kind of putting codes. the cart in front of the horse here as far as I'm sorry. You know, I, do the, I tend to do that. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I got it. That's why they gave you me, you know, so we can rain it back a little bit. Exactly. Sure the You're the scholar there, in the yes, library. Yes. Yes. The builder trend, uh, the help center. It's just a closet. The archive. The yeah. They, they bring me out every once in a while to, uh, you know, Dusty talk off. a little bit. Yep. Like a, like a good book just gets yes. better with time. Yes. That's how the expression goes. So what are cost codes is kind of the main thing. And they have a lot of different names. So some companies refer to them as service items. QuickBooks calls them products and services or items. Other people okay. call them expenses. Uh, at the end of the day, it's the categories of budgetary items that you want to track and make sure that you are ultimately able to tell if you overspent or underspent within your job. Okay. It's like so, a category. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Take an example. When you are creating a personal budget, 
Reese, if you were trying to don't figure have one out, of those. well, Probably I should. Yeah, it's, it's time to be an adult and put one together. And <laughs> if you were going to do that, if, if I were going to sit you down as a life coach and, <laughs> and tell you, hey, we need to get your budget together, what do you think we would try and track in order to make sure that you were making money in your day-to-day life, right? So that you're not accidentally overspending in categories that you could be controlling. We would look at sure. things like, okay. like what? Like what, what would we, what would we keep track of for a person? I mean, I'm, just, I'm off the top of my head. I'm thinking utilities. Yep. Okay. Groceries, rent, mortgage. Yep. Car payment. Insurance car is going to be in there. Insurance. Yep. Let's say you got a dog. They need fed every month. Pet. Pet. Yep. We could go this down is, the line. Uh, this is adding up pretty quick. You, you yeah. A little more. It's, maybe, it sounds like you need that budget sooner. Than I need a big now. list of cost codes. Yeah. Well, what about this? So if you were saying to yourself, I want to make a personal budget and you know, I really enjoy burritos. Love them. Do I need a line item in my budget for every type of food that I purchase? Or is it more realistic to say I have a restaurant budget for 300 bucks this month? Ladder. Right. You yep. want to make it so that you're looking a level up so that you're able to stay on track. Who cares what you actually ate? It doesn't matter. Right. Right. I could, I could barely remember half the time, <laughs> right. 24 hours and I forgot. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, building a construction budget, isn't that different from a personal budget when it Less comes burritos, to <laughs> unless you're big on culture, Friday burritos sounds like a good idea. Might want to build that into a cost code. Maybe Absolutely. not. I'm sorry. Keep and, going. And that's okay. That's okay. That's, that's a great point because there are times where you might want to specify the, the details of what you're spending. Um, but how you actually get that information is just as important. So, you know, we have a lot of ways in a construction situation where you can track that information, but does that mean that you need a whole cost code for it? What's wrong with descriptions? Sure. Right? What's wrong with memos? There are tons of ways to get the detail without needing a de- like an overly itemized list to see kind of what I'm spending my, my company budget on. Right? Sure. And to kind of bring it back, the idea is to give you an idea or a way to categorize where you're spending your money. So at the end of the year, when I look at my savings account, I'm like, I didn't hit the goal. Right. Where can I trim up next year? And How can even I be further, better at this? When you look at it from a month standpoint, right? Okay. How did I do this month? Like you're not, you're not looking at your budget. Baby steps. Once a year, you're looking right. at it every day and okay. keeping track of those things. That makes sense. Again, we're trying to get you to be a responsible adult, man. You got, we got a lot of work to do. I know. So a project manager, hopefully, isn't looking at his budget every two, three months. He's looking at it daily and having a good cost code list makes that report readable. It makes it so it's not a burden, but it's something that I can really look at briefly and pull away to make sure everything's looking right. And if there's not a problem or if there is a problem, I'm able to address it much more quickly by dialing down because I have that, that natural report that is going to be easy to read versus something that's just like overly complicated and long. And, and you're, you know, sub, subconsciously you're just going to balk at. That makes total sense. Yeah. So when we're ultimately, we have the concept of the cost code. Mm-hmm. Do I need them to use builder trend? Great. What if, let's, let's say I don't have any. Let's start from there. Let's say we've just been operating in an Excel, tracking just mass like transactions, receipts, and doing that. Why do I need cost codes and builder trend? Well, hopefully they save you time. So, you know, in a situation where right now 
if you're just logging all your expenses into an Excel sheet, you're already kind of putting them into a bucket, into a category. Well, sure. having a budget in place in the system makes it so you're kind of doing some of the work up front and then you're just kind of placing the, the item into the correct bucket at that point. Sure. Um, now you asked the question and I want to go back to that because it's really important and something that we do get asked pretty frequently, which is, do I need cost codes? And I would argue that this is a non-negotiable. This is something that Yes, absolutely. Not only you know should I be using them, but why aren't I already using them? And in many instances, that's where we start. What are you doing right now? What are the what are the things that are happening in my day to day that I can take and turn into Costco? Because I guarantee you, most of the listeners out there have a way for them to track the their their job information. But sure. getting it into Builder Trend is the main goal but there are good ways to do that. And there are bad ways to do that. And sometimes I kind of think of myself as like damage control. Okay. I'm, I'm inheriting an account. I'm helping them get better. And I'm looking at what they've been doing and I'm shaking my head thinking this, this is not going to work. We're gonna have to make some changes. And that can be a really hard conversation to have no doubt. Um, but the end goal is we want to try and make the system be as efficient, but also as, as, user-friendly as possible for all the users in the program. And, and just going back to that theme that, you know, what works for one estimator isn't necessarily what should be the expectation for everybody else in the company. And so you want to look sure. at what you're doing, start with that, and then get input to make sure that everybody has a voice and see what that looks like. Love it. Let's um, kind of carry on that because ultimately cost codes, you know what they are, non-negotiable have to use them. Let's go over more so what are good cost codes, what are bad cost codes, and where do we help clients or at least push them into getting a cost code set that works for them? How do, how do, we, how do we ultimately dictate that? Right. And we want to look for certain characteristics that are going to be repeatable and, and be very, very thought out before you really execute it within the program. It's kind of funny that this is episode one because we're not necessarily inheriting or working with an account that is in the early stages of their builder trend use, right? Sure. They, they could be using five years and, and still not have a good cost code set, but they've been using those cost codes in the account. And so how do you detangle that information and make sure that you're able to make it a little <clears throat> bit, maintain what you've been doing, but also evolve and, and really kind of become better within the system itself. So when we, when we talk about Costco, the first place where we start is like, what, what's happening right now in the system? Okay. okay. And, and how can we really um, think about the long-term effects if we were to change these things? So there are times where you're kind of stuck with what you have, um, but, but that's just for now. We can always rename, reorganize within the system with the understanding that other projects are going to be better as a result. So bad cost code lists are just poorly disorganized, very disorganized, poorly thought out, only works for one person. Okay. The other yeah, but thing what is, is, what does is, what is disorganized mean? I mean, I'm, when I think of cost codes, I'm thinking of four digits numerically ordered and I'm thinking. Well, see, that would be, that would be good. 
A lot okay. of people don't have that. A lot of people's cost codes are an alphabet alphabetized list of everything that they charge the to a, a customer. Yeah. And, okay. and at that point, it's not even a bucket. It's just like, Hey, here is a list of stuff that has no rhyme or reason to why it's in the account or not. They added gotcha. one one time and they never used it again. Why they really gotcha. just kind of, yeah. And, and like, if they don't have a numbering system. They, they don't have it in the order of construction. They, they really don't have any reason for those cost kits to be there. They just think, okay, this is, this is how it, how I've always done it. And so that's how I'm going to continue to do it. I've adapted to this new software, but I'm either unaware that I need to change how I do things or they're unwilling and not really open to changing the way that they're doing their day-to-day operations. But, you know, I always think of adopting a new software as like an opportunity sure. to really evaluate how you're doing things right now. Sure. Well, and that's kind of the idea. I mean, Builder Trend is not a, it's not a small program. It's very right. robust. A lot of, you can manipulate it like crazy. You can make it work for your business. You can utilize different features, different ways. So ultimately what the cost codes is that's opening up the opportunity to really utilize purchase orders, invoicing estimates and making your budgets. Uh, don't, don't, you know, give them too much. We don't, we want people to come back for episode two. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay, okay. Like... I'm just, I'm running here. I'm trying to figure out why, <laughs> what I'm really trying to hammer home and make it as easy as possible for the listener what's bad cost codes, what's good cost codes. We've identified the good cost codes. They've, they've, they're numerically numbered. Um, there's a reason to them. They're very methodical company-wide understanding who's going to be using them, why they're going to be using them. And that's an effective way. So what else do you see that are bad? What are, what's else do you see that's good? Well, as far as bad, there's, there's a lot of things that you want to avoid when it comes to just setting up the cost code. And we kind of touched on this, but it's worth repeating. Let's take an example, like your appliance cost code. Okay. Right. A lot of people will rightfully so assume, all right, I want to track all the expenses that go into the appliances and they're tempted to have a range cost code and a microwave cost code and a dishwasher cost code. The burritos. Yes. Right. The details. The things that overly specify, you don't really care as far as all those individual items being there. You want to have one thing that says appliances, and this is how much I want to spend for it. And, and most of listeners are probably, yeah, that's what I do. I just have an appliance cost code, but that's not the case on a lot of different things within the program. Sometimes people will have five cost codes, 10 cost code for permits. Why? What, What are you gaining by having all those different permit codes why wouldn't you have one single cost code for permits and then use descriptions to actually go through it now are there times that it makes sense to sure and obviously we're kind of operating on the framework of everybody's going to be different all customer needs are different and we understand That's worth that. the evaluation right. right exactly think about it go sure. through every item and look for those redundancies you see that a lot with different types of lumber usages okay do you need a two by four Cost code, uh, yeah, four okay. by four. Exactly. Why? Why not just have framing material, lumber material, right? L- framing labor. Those categories give you enough information to know, here's what I want to spend and here's what I actually spent. And those little details, like the vendor gives you an invoice that outlines all the little things that you purchased down to the nail, tracking those things aren't going to really benefit you in the long term, right? In fact, sometimes sure. those would create more work in order for you uh, to really track down where things are happening. So 
when we're looking at codes, we really want to pay attention to how detailed are they really and, and ask that question, is it really necessary? And I would challenge anybody to go through and look at your cost codes today and think, do I actually need that? Do I ever use this? Every code sure. has a purpose. Every code is used on every job. And if it's not, then you really are not really gaining anything from it. It is, it is. Just well, and you're not kind of hurting it. your team, right? Because right. like if you're, if I'm an estimator and I've got 500 cost codes to dig or search through, and I have to memorize those either four digit numbers or however we have them going, a good set of cost codes is going to be ideally no more than 150. So when we are structuring these, again, the idea is that we're using every single one. They all make sense. They're not too granular. They're, they're going to get us the information that we need. But as far as the actual structure itself, to me, it would make sure it would make sense to go cost code 1000 appliances, a alphabetical order. Is that how, how would you recommend structuring your thousands, 2000s, 3000, your 2020s, your 2030s? How would you recommend setting all that up? Yeah, that's a really good question. I would not put appliances at the top. Uh, so okay. let's just hey, start there. You know, I'm a sales guy, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So a lot of times, think of it from a logic standpoint, think about the order of construction. How do you build a house? Wouldn't it be nice to have a report that- That makes sense. That was in the order of how I actually built the house and built- It's like permitting. Exactly. So you would start with your excavation, your permitting utilities. Those are generally things we see at the top. Then we okay. move into- your framing, your mechanicals, right? Plumbing. Then you're, get, then you're getting into the the you know roofing, and then you're getting into you know the the exterior versus interior codes, and then finish work, and then you know close out punch list, anything like that. Those would be how you would want to structure it. Now the numerical system that goes with it uh, is is just a way to keep things in place, because I might want my my roofing codes all be together. But if I just rely on trusses and shingles, well, they might not be next to each other in the alphabet. And so when I'm going to enter the data into the system, it makes it really hard to have those groupings together. So by putting a, a numerical system to it, you're really able to ensure that things are in their proper place from a usage standpoint so that it's easy for me to access and, and go through and make things work. For, for the team. And I love that you brought up like having too many codes. You have to consider that uh, when you are talking about the day-to-day -day operations of the system, the more data you put into it, the more cumbersome it is for the team to buy in. Now they're having to relearn all this other data. It's entry. just a pain. It's a pain. It is. It's just more options usually leads to more confusion and more gotcha. room for mistakes. You know, when we're coding things together. Gotcha. Good cost codes, numerically driven. We've got a reason feels similar to our actual production and it's, it's a team buy-in. It's a team understanding who's going to be using them. Right. And ultimately I mentioned this earlier, but getting everybody to speak the same language. Like I worked with a builder and this was a worst case scenario. And I fear that this is more common than I think, but, and I'm not trying to put anybody on notice, you know, if you're on the radio, like going to be okay. <laughs> Blast but by Zach. If you're, yeah, if you're, cost codes are a different set than what your accounting team is using, you're really setting yourself up for miscommunication all over the place. This company would write an estimate and then they would hand it off to the accounting team, the accounting department, and they would reinterpret 
where they thought it should go within the accounting record. They broke rule one. Absolutely. You got to have everyone on board. You have to know who's doing what and why they're doing it. Right. And, you know, you think about where that comes from. I've gotten the sense in a lot of my construction visits that the accounting leadership and the production leadership and the sales leadership aren't always in the same room having the conversation and, and hashing out the details of how this works. Sure. And so you need everybody who's a stakeholder in the company, the people who are involved in managing your folks who are doing their jobs to set the standard, the expectation that we're all using the same set. And this is a lot of what I do as a consultant. And what consultants do is iron out those wrinkles and try to point out the variables of why the accounting team might have a problem with how the production team does things and vice versa, and really drive home that if we can get you guys talking in the same language, that you're going to avoid a lot of the confusion of what's happening between the field and the office. Did, uh, did I, did I catch you saying folks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Folks. It was, oh, yeah. We're just from Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, yeah. Our Nebraska sensibilities. Oh, how do folks, how, how are your folks doing today? Yeah. How do y'all? Oh, wrong. That's, that's our Texas friends. I went for we love Texas. Yeah. I'm from Texas. So we've, we've covered a lot and, and ultimately keep in mind that you have other people that you can reach out to at builder trend to help support you through this process. Unlimited customer support. Use reach it. Out, Call reach us. out to our help center, um, reach out on chat, set up a meeting with your account rep and, and, ask about how do my cost codes look, right? From the people who talk about this every day, get a second pair of eyes on it. And we'll give you an honest assessment of, you know, you're in good shape. You don't need to adjust this. It works for you. Or we look at your account and you're using it's going to be a codes and codes and codes. It's disorganized. Your budgets don't make sense. Everything's out of whack. You have to rely on the experts who talk to not just your company, but hundreds of companies on the on the daily I'll about bet. this very topic. I mean, how often are you talking about Costco's with your customers right now, even in the sales <sighs> process, Reese? Well, and that is such a a huge factor for our clients is, is getting the consulting help that they need because financials, again, there's a lot of strategy to it, a lot of understanding, connecting a lot of different hands. Um, I hear it daily, you know, Costco, that's where, that's when I'm auditing accounts before my calls, I'll go and I'll check C A if they have cost codes, B, what do they look like? Um, and then I'll, and then I'll flow over into financials, see how they're utilizing them. Um, you know, there's, there's so much involved in this process. That's why we're teeing off this entire series with right. the fundamentals of Costco's because without the fundamentals and if let's say we just, well, I got builder trend cause I wanted to use estimates. Okay. Well then we need to get cost codes that are solid so that you can start using estimates. Well, I don't, I never used cost codes. Why do I need cost codes? you don't have cost codes and not going to be using estimates to its full stability, that's such an important piece. So to answer your question, I hear it every single day and I'm not even a subject matter expert. Uh, but it's just one of those things where it's such an easy concept. It's fundamental. It's rudimentary. And if we can get that ingrained from the very beginning, you guys are going to have a, a great opportunity in Builder Trend uh, by utilizing the financial suite appropriately from the beginning, ideally. If not, we have the resources and the team that can help you kind of backpedal here. Um, really, the only thing we need from you guys is, is the focus and the uh, really the attention to want to do it. Right. Um, but ultimately, um, let's kind of wrap this up here. Um, Zach, do you want to do you want to kind of go through the kind of the big high level of what they need to take away from this? Yeah. So you know we have just some tips that we like to advise people on how they actually need to get started with this. Look at what you're already using. 
curate that list, go through it and try and condense it as much as possible. Eliminate things that are unnecessary and point out things that maybe you do want more detail in, that you're lacking the reporting that you're looking for. Add that numbering system to give it a structure. My recommendation is use four digits because then you have spacing. So if I have 10, 10 utilities, 10, 20 permits, well, maybe I want to insert a cost code five years from now in between those codes, because I'd like to adjust my reporting abilities. You'll Love have that. the breathing room. You'll That's a huge able, tip. Yeah, it's super important. That's have, huge. Think about the, the future proofing of those lists, or maybe you're going to hire a new estimator someday. You want to make it so that they can put their spin on things and then give their advice on how they estimate and make things better for your company. Consider how you build a house and organize your cost codes around that concept, that logical way that you would work through a report, look at these outside the system first, put them into Excel, write them down on paper, a whiteboard, it doesn't matter, get it outside of Builder Trend on paper, and then seek us out to get a second look at it, and then we'll get it into the system for you so that you're on your way to having a more successful Builder Trend journey. Love it. God, Zach, you're so insightful. You're just a, just a wealth of knowledge, you scholar. Why do you think I'm here? Yeah, you're here to you're here to uh to carry the folks like me. You just you bring everything full circle, Zach. You do. Appreciate it, brother. We appreciate you. Yeah, guys. Hopefully you found this day useful as far as you know the tips and advice that were pointed out. But uh what do we got next time in episode two? Oh, next time, episode two, it is going to be utilizing cost codes. We'll uh we'll go ahead and get that shot um when we're ready to go. And uh, tune in next time to hear how do we take the fundamentals to the next step, put it into practice, and uh, start making your guys' business better. Um, until then, we appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning in. Again, my name is Reese Barnes. I'm an additional training consultant here at Builder Trend. Zach? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to The Better Way. If you're a Builder Trend customer, schedule a training to learn more. And all listeners, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to The Better Way wherever you get your podcasts. Also, visit buildertrend.com slash podcast to sign up for the email notifications when the next season drops and explore our other podcast, The Building Code. Don't miss our next episode focused on using cost codes.